Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Shearhouse Weekly Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Corrigicole. This week, I'm joined by Rosie Charrington, Lou Huff, and Charlotte Collins. Let's start off talking about TV. It's just a team one this week, so we can talk about TV. That was my favourite <laughs> subject. So what's anyone been watching? Lou, let's start with you. Secret Life of Four-Year-Olds is back, Shoot. which is one of my favourite series. I absolutely love it. I think it's so cute. It's so funny to just watch how they engage and how they're learning off each other and their emotional intelligence and their empathy for each other. I just think it's so cute. And this week's was it's fascinating. Oh I watch it as well. God. I get completely engrossed by yeah. it. Because you see, people have these actual characteristics from, from like the day yeah. dot. Like it's so bizarre, how, yeah. exactly as you say, how they react to each other. It's bizarre. And you see how much they pick up from adults and what they've obviously like overheard like their mom or dad yeah. saying, oh, things like yeah. that. So it's like this week's one, they were talking, everything was like, can you be my boyfriend? Will you be my girlfriend? Are you my best friend? And it was just so sweet. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I need to watch it. Yeah. And actually, you're so right. They did, I hear things come out of Coco's mouth. Yeah. And I think, oh, she'll sometimes she'll go, Otto, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, there's only one person she said yeah. that from. Or, you're being super annoying. <laughs> and it just comes out, and I think, help. She said, you're finished. She's like, I said this to you. She's like, mommy, I just really need some straightness now. <laughs> you are Six, and you're not having oh God. God. It's so scary. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So scary. But I imagine as parents, it must be so interesting to watch your child and see kind of what they're like behind closed doors yeah. and how they engage with other yeah. people. Yeah, I never knew kids could be so evil until they watched the show. They're really sweet. Oh, some of them are really nice, aren't they? Some and they're sly, some of them as well. Mm. Like, they did this thing where they were playing, there was a competition and it was just like a quiz. And one of them, they're four, and he's like feeding the other team the wrong answers <laughs> and then going back. <laughs> like, they have these tactics and like live tactics that, like, yeah, it's crazy. It's so manipulative. Yeah. But it's so interesting, and also watching the psychologists and like how they analyse them and what they're picking up. I think it's a really good one. Oh, we need to watch. Well, sort of on the subject of children, I actually don't think it's very good. But I feel like I need to talk about Motherland because there are lots of mothers I know talking about Motherland. Has anyone watched it? No. So it's a comedy about navigating the trials and traumas of middle-class motherhood. And my friend said to me, she's like, you've got to watch it, it's really funny. And it started so well, it started, and it was basically me, it was a mother standing on the stairs at work with the school having rung her, said, you've forgotten your child's swimming kit? And she's like, fuck, I've <laughs> <laughs> forgotten the swimming kit. I think I've couriered Coco's swimming kit to school Somewhere. about three times. No. <laughs> I, I am That's that mother. Amazing. And what's even more annoying is I quite often will carry some bags for them, and I'll go into the school, and then I'll carry the bags oh, yes, back exactly. out, and I'll get oh, home. By the time I get home, I then get a call from school yeah. secretary, and she's like, oh, is that Coco's mother? And I'm like, shit, 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 what have I forgotten? My favourite was when the school called and said that you left mouse with Otto. That was the best. Do you remember? Yes, you I did. Like, that was nursery. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's so I used to get to the nursery and tie the dog out. And, yeah, I, I left the dog so behind. Oh. Wishful thinking, maybe. Anyway, motherhood. Um, they had a children's party. It's kind of, it's so nearly there. But it just misses some of the subtleties of really good English humour. Yeah. So I was a bit disappointed. And actually, I talked to another mum yesterday, and she said the same. She's like, I'm sticking with it because everyone's, all my mum friends are talking about it. But so it's actually, all acting. It's not it's really all acting. And it's American. Okay. Is it American? No, it's English. Oh. And it's written by the woman who wrote Catastrophe. 
Really? Rachel I love that. Karen. Oh somewhere. yeah, that's who's funny. in it? Anyone famous? Yes. Anyway, you'd recognise that. The other thing I watched last night was Trump: An American Dream. Oh, I really want to watch that. It's. I think it's a series. Well, there. I watched two last night together, and it's all about his life, sort of from right at the beginning of his career. I didn't realise yeah. that his father was um, a big success story, and he basically took over mm-hmm. his father's business. Um, but it's fascinating about. I always get muddled between Ivana and Ivanka Trump, who was the wife, Ivana. Ivana. And what a force she was, and how she ran some of his businesses slash hotels for him. And it got to a point, so she ran um, one of the casinos in Atlanta that he built, created. And he then bought the plaza in New York. I didn't know he owned the plaza. I, I don't think he does anymore. He was in Home Alone, remember? Oh, yes. Plants into him in yes, the lobby. Oh, okay, good knowledge. Well, he, he bought the plaza for 400 million. It was basically mm. an ego trip. And, and there's a bit where he's being interviewed just after he bought it. And the um, journalist says, why did you buy it? And he's like, because I can see it out of my window and I couldn't bear someone else having bought it. So I just had to buy it. <laughs> and he was in so much debt because he was buying this property. But he then took Ivana from... Atlanta running this casino, which she did incredibly well, and she was very business-minded, and as I said, she was a real force. It's really impressive. And he put her into the plaza, and she was such a success at the plaza that she took him to a party that was put on kind of for her, and everyone was so desperate to speak to Ivana, and he hated it, and there was all this footage of him him looking really angry about the fact that he was playing second fiddle to his wife, and from there it kind of went downhill, and he had a mistress, he became a very permanent fixture. It was really interesting. interesting. There was a fact like circulating during the election that says that if he had never, if he had just taken his father's money and had never, you know, kind of tried any business endeavors, he would be richer now than he than he currently is. Yeah, he he only lost money from the Trump empire. Yeah, three times. And then he he does something weird with some sketchy people. Yeah. Oh, so weird. There was also a point where he's building Trump towers, and that's interesting on a few counts. One because his father went to one of the developers and said, "My son." Uh, is quite led towards the mafia. Don't work with the mafia. Don't let him work with the mafia. You mustn't let him get into bed with them. And he's quite sort of impressed by them. So that I thought was really oh, interesting. So now yeah. The other one was the project manager, who was in it quite a lot, said that Trump Towers, apparently he stood up on TV and said, apparently Queen Elizabeth's going to buy one of these towers. And I've said to the press, no comment. So he was kind of making everything. And, and all these amazing hotshot stars were coming to buy um, one of these properties that he'd said were, were the most luxurious penthouses in the world yeah. but he put in the cheapest wooden floor and he put in plastic worktops and actually that's what no one knew that he was doing such yeah. PR around it and the other point was that apparently it's tradition that after you complete a massive building project you have a party for the workers at the end you have a big launch party and you invite the press and whoever yeah. you do and you invite all the workers and apparently Trump was like do we have we have them let's not have them so it's really it's horrifying fascinating and I'm also reading Hillary Clinton's autobiography and how is that because I would love to read it but I also feel like it's just going to be a kind of load of media spin and how honest will she ever be really even well, if it feels honest I don't know well I've always thought the same I've mm. always thought and I've said this before on the podcast so I'll say it but I've always thought she was very tight-lipped mm. she's not Okay. and she is very frank in what a horrific situation it was yeah. and is and I'm only a quarter of the way through but it's really interesting and it's really digestible and I was worried it was going to get quite dry and very political mm-hmm. and for me yeah. she's not in that world mm-hmm. doesn't read the FT every day I'm, I'm finding it really digestible and actually quite a page turner 
to know. Yeah, I think it's a really good book. Interesting. So actually, speaking of autobiographies, I am listening to, I went to buy it, but I had Audible credit, so I'm listening to it, uh, Tina Brown's um, Vanity Fair Diaries. So Ooh, yeah, she kept, really she kept a diary that. for like the full 20 years, for like six months before, or like a year before she started actually editing the magazine in New York, right through to like present day, I think. And they are fascinating. I mean, all three of you would absolutely love it. Wow. So interesting. So it goes, it kind of starts with a kind of, like her leaving Tatler and going to the States and there was quite a really long like flirtation period with Vanity Fair. For people listening, tell yes. us about Tina Sorry, Brown. Sorry, so Tina Brown, it, she's kind of well-renowned as one of the most eminent magazine editors kind of of our day. Her and Anna Wintour kind of both moved to the States at the same time. She edited Tatler at 25, which makes me oh want to like God. stick a gun to my head. And she, yeah, so at 29 she was editing Vanity Fair, but it obviously starts, I'm only a bit of the way through, so I'm kind of at the stage where she's just starting to kind of revamp it. They basically, Condé Nast were going through a kind of real difficulty with it because it was really hard to kind of make it stand out from Vogue, which was so successful. First of all, it's so you'd find it so interesting, particularly because this is in the 80s, I think it's 83, 84. So obviously publishing is like a completely different world. And it's all about like the cover and the sales figures mm. and the circulation. And like, it's just so alien to kind of what we're dealing with yeah. digitally. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's such a different yeah. And second of all, it was such a man's world and she was so impressive. She is somebody who hasn't kind of fallen prey to that kind of man's world thing. And she's quite a kind of strong dominant woman. But actually it's really interesting as somebody in their 20s to read her kind of fears and you know trials and all the kind yeah. of difficulties in the build-up to all of that it's quite relatable actually surprisingly which is quite inspiring I think. Is it juicy? Does she uh... So juicy. About, yeah Rosie wrote this brilliant roundup of the kind of juiciest tell-all books. books. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah George recommended Champagne Supernovas which is a book about Kate Moss, um, Alexander McQueen and Mark Jacobs in the 90s and basically all the terrible slash amazing things they got up to um and it was i was absolutely shocked by that book it was so juicy i'm surprised there weren't a million lawsuits about it well quite clearly it all went on that's um, what i was thinking um but yeah i i really want to read this vanity fair book yeah now. have um, you read champagne no i'm there i'm, I'm, I'm getting no, uh, who's in the you're reading at the moment I'm yeah sure. i have a yeah. little you can have one i'm done there's a cue yeah, yeah, there's going, a cue there for this book in the office right it now it is just I mean, the stuff about Kate Moss and her partying days and the group that she used to hang out with, it is absolutely gripping. I mean, you kind of can't really believe what went on in the 80s. I mean, it was that, it was just the kind of spirit of the moment, yeah. wasn't it? It was all kind of very grungy, very badly behaved. And whose point of view is it from? Like, where are the facts coming so from? So it's a journalist, and I think she based it on interviews with their friends, countless magazine articles and okay. things like that. Um, she's quite a good journalist, written quite a few things. Um, but I, I don't know if you've ever looked at celebrities' lives and felt, wow, I wish I could have that life. That book will make you completely go I back on yeah. it. <laughs> oh, it doesn't glamorise it. It no. doesn't glamorise oh, okay. it. And all these, you know, you looked at them in the pictures and they're having this amazing time, but behind the scenes, it's just dark. Yeah. They're basically really, really dark. dark. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, not living the dream. Not actually yeah. living um, the, the dream. The other book that's really good is. Um, is it called Front Row or Fro? The Anna oh, yeah, Winter I know book, what you mean, yeah. Which Anna Winter tried to stop being published. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed that. That was a nice design. Anyway, it was a good list of books. Definitely one to check out mm. if you're at all fascinated <laughs> in sort of what goes on behind the this scenes. So good. Also, on the topic of TV, did anyone watch Strictly on Saturday? Yes. yes. Oh I'm going God. on Saturday. <gasps> oh, that's going to be so good. Um, Molly King, everything about that I was obsessed with. Wait, I can't remember my Oh my God, she did the Charleston in basically yeah, like a se- Victoria's Secret model outfit. <laughs> she had wings, it was white, it was the sparkly. Coco was like, oh, oh she's got wings. <laughs> she came. I went through every single emotion with watching it. I was like, crying, I was clapping, I was sobbing, I was so excited. I literally was smiling from ear to ear. 
just everything about that made oh, me love she's just, Strictly. I find her, she's just not yeah, like I find her really she's not like The reason that I like Strictly is because of the outfits yeah. and like the energy that they all have. And yeah, she probably wasn't even that good, but I was just like captivated. <laughs> and I was just like, I want to be her. That's the reason I want to be on Strictly. So I can dress up like that <laughs> and do that routine and everything. I loved it. Oh, I love it. I think Alexandra Burke is. I still, yeah. I still haven't Front got over that. We haven't talked about this for a long time mm. on the podcast, but the Aston's gone. It oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, devastating. That, that's he was good. He's so good. He was in it was, incredible. It was one of those, you know, unfortunate fluky weeks when like he wasn't like top of the leaderboard, but yeah. he wasn't bottom. So one of those like middle ground people who then inevitably end up in the dance off. And they just saved Molly over here. Well, it's, like, it's a travesty. Well, they did it because he's obviously, I think they did it because he's a real talent and it would have been like, oh, he's obviously yeah, a dancer. Yeah. So they thought we could yeah. pick dancer. When they have those musicians, I think it is a bit unfair because they've obviously done dance Yeah, but if, it, if everyone was crap. Yeah then we wouldn't watch it. Yeah. You know, you yeah, need yeah. the yeah, I you agree. need the talent. I agree with you, but you need the talent. I mean yeah. although I mean you could say that I think Debbie to win. But Debbie trained as a ballet dancer. I know, I know it was a long time old. ago, but as in like she's not that old, you know. Do we think? Stop I don't it. think they are though. Yeah. No they're not. I don't not. think they yeah. are. What? I think you're just believing that all yeah, the I think that's Daily Mail hype. Well no I'm gonna way. enjoy reading it. Um, Netflix? I've been obsessed with Netflix this week, that's why I haven't watched any TV, because I've been binging on The Sinner. Have any of you seen it? I've heard you're like the fifth person to say that to me this week. Yeah, <laughs> is it good? Can you tell me about The Sinner, please? Because so I, everyone, I don't know who, but I keep hearing it. it. I keep hearing it, it's around. So it's a brand new series, it's kind of a thriller, mystery thing. She is a married mum of one, seems quite happy, although she hasn't washed her hair in like three weeks, mm. and she's a day at the beach and murders a stranger. <laughs> And no apparent reason. No apparent reason. No one has any idea why she did it, including herself. And then over the course of the episodes, you find out why she did it with her, kind of rediscovering things. One of the detectives, you know, she's about to go to prison for it, and one of the detectives is like, no, I think there's more to this. Like, even though she's confessed, there's more to this, and kind of delves deeper. And it's messed up. Like, I was shocked watching it. I screamed apart. Really? really? It, was, it was really dark. Have you finished it? I finished okay. it now. How many? Eight episodes. Because I read that plot that this woman murdered someone on the beach and I thought it sounded silly and then I moved on to looking for something else. So it's based on a novel. It is slightly far-fetched but I think you're so involved by the end that you just really want to know what happens and maybe not 100% believable but what really is. But it's good. It's really and good. And where's it cool. In America somewhere. Okay. Don't remember where. Mm. <laughs> good. I'm going to check that out. out. Mm. I like Jessica Biel. It's lots mm. of crying. My boyfriend said he's never seen someone cry so much in one TV series when we watched oh. it together. Is that oh. you? Every single... <laughs> oh, not me, no. But I wasn't crying. I was screaming. No, Jessica <laughs> Biel cries in pretty much every scene when I watched it. So... I took my children to see Paddington too. That has had um, rave reviews. Was it good? Oh my god, it was yeah. A, it was so good. I don't really like children's films. Yeah. And B, I mean Coco is so like me. I mean she just cried the whole way through it. She just can't bear it. And it, Paddington goes to prison, she was sobbing next to me. I was like, darling, it's alright. <laughs> They're gonna get him out. And and she just kept crying. And then as it got to the end and it was obviously a happy ending, she was really sobbing and <laughs> sleeping. So I was like, darling, it's how she had these tears like streaming down oh, her face. Good. Has she seen Bambi yet? Because uh, <gasps> maybe no, 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 not one to show her Bambi. Is Hugh Grant good in it? Yeah, he is actually. Graham is a career best yeah. for Hugh Grant. He yeah. is, and he starts off playing a bit of a sort of pompous actor, and you think, oh, this is Hugh Grant. But then there's this scene where he takes on all these different personas yeah. in one. He's basically got all these sort of different 
they're not mannequins, but he becomes, and he's jumping from one to the other, and he's sort of Poirot, and then he's a sort of street seller, and then he's something else. And he's jumping from, and I was like, God, I didn't know he had really? it in him. Um, he said it was really, really enjoyable to film. Yeah. He really liked it. And they showed this, they showed you all the different costumes, didn't they? Yeah. 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 He's got Janet Lovely, Hugh Bonneville. Um, Amazing cast. It was really, it was really sweet. Yeah. Actually, my dad and stepmom went to see it on their own. I say it's quite a bit weird, but they really enjoyed it. So there you go. Anyway, from what to watch, to what to listen to, um, and for inspiring business advice, or just fascinating insights into your favorite brands, like Airbnb, Run the Runway, Five Guys, Spanx, I could go on. There's a podcast called How I Built This with Guy Raz, and anyone who knows me would have probably heard me banging on about this podcast. Uh, Charlotte's smiling, she's, she's <laughs> what talking about. Um, but it's absolutely brilliant slash addictive, and it tells the stories behind some of the world's most famous companies. And um, each one's about 45 minutes long, and it's just really fascinating from the founder of Airbnb saying he started Airbnb when he was living in a flat in, was it San Francisco or somewhere like that? Yeah. And his landlord put the rent up and he was like, shit, I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay it. So he had a blow up bed. He knew there was a conference in town that had sold, and all the hotels in the area had sold out. So he had a blow up bed, blew it up, put it in the sitting room, had some random guy to stay in his flat. And he got into bed that night and thought, shit, I think I'm going to have to lock my door. Um, locked his door, went to sleep, woke up the next morning, thought he might have nicked everything. Let's see. Opened the door, went out. The guy hadn't nicked everything. He was still there and they had a really nice breakfast together. <laughs> and then the guy got back in touch with him about a month later and was like, mm, I'm going to another conference, this time in Palm Springs or whatever it was. The hotels have all sold out. Do you have any where you recommend? And anyway, it grew from there. There was then a big political rally around the time of an election. I can't remember which election it was. Uh, I think it was Obama's um, campaign, actually. And again, there were just never going to be enough hotel beds for the amount of people going. And that was kind of when it really took off. And there's stories like that, stories from the founder of Spanx, um, Sarah Blakely, and um, you know, how, how she built that bank, how she sold it, how she came up with the idea, rent the runway, and they were knocking on Diane von Furstenberg's door. Anyway, it's the most brilliant series. In fact, I'm looking at you. You got yeah, me you recommended yeah. it, earlier, yeah. I remember, yeah. Um, it's, I think it's so fascinating. My boyfriend really liked it, and he told me about it, and then I passed it on to you. But I think it's so interesting because so many of these huge, huge companies that, you know, Instagram, like, you kind of can't remember what it was like before Instagram was just part of your day to day life now. It's crazy. But that was two guys who worked together originally it was like I think it was where you could go to for a coffee like and with your friends and it was like a coffee meeting app or something like that. It was like a check-in thing. Yeah exactly it? checking in and then um, I think they were on holiday and then they would they thought that the picture thing was really great and then it was about filters though and how like you can make all of your pictures look really good and it was just amazing just to see how literally how an evolve. idea with two people can really grow and it's really inspiring and I think really interesting to see how these companies evolve. Yeah. I think so even just from a kind of voyeuristic perspective, like I, I have no interest in setting up a business, but I listened to the Whitney Wolf one who founded Bumble yeah. after a kind of mm. you know disastrous pie at Tinder. Um, and it's just it's just fascinating. Yeah, so first, I think everybody's interested in how people are, become mm. successful and how people make their money. Um, so yeah, to actually hear it yeah. kind of from the horse's mouth is really Yeah, and the main thing I think it comes down to with all of them is them having the determination. I think anybody can have the idea and think, oh, this would be great, but it's actually they go through it and and they persevere with it and you know things are the difficulties along the way and hurdles but they persevere and they get there and, and how they really do smart things and clever things yeah. and how celebrities there's a bit with the founder of Aiden and Anae which is the sort of baby muslin company and, and just how they use celebrity to completely transform yeah. their business and it's so and the five guys one is really good as well um, yeah anyway it's, I think it's, it's so great brilliant yeah. and I feel like I've kind of exhausted them I think they're about 
80 different episodes. There's so yeah, many different so episodes. Many. Yeah. And, so I'm, many. and I'm like getting to the end. Of the <laughs> you know, there's something for everyone on there. There's yeah. the Dermalogica, that's a fascinating mm. one all about how they built that business. But I've sort of, I've exhausted the ones that um, you know, fit my switch, so I'm like, make more, make more. Yeah, Does it come really out weekly? Good. Is it not, or are they, are they on hiatus? I've really, really no. binged on them. And it really, I, I always think the key for me is if something gets me out of bed to go to the gym early in the morning, like when my alarm goes That's off so at 6.30 and it's dark, yeah. if I know I've got a really good podcast to listen to, then that totally gets yeah. me there. Um, and this is definitely one of those. Once upon a Saturday afternoon, browsing the shops was just what you did, but then the internet came along and all that changed, or did it? Is, is the high street dead? <laughs> Charlotte and Rosie, you wrote a good for and against on this. Charlotte? Yes, well, I, so Rosie and I wrote, decided to write this piece, and I don't think either of us felt that strongly about it before we did. Having written my side of the argument, which was anti-high street and pro-online shopping, I'm like completely convinced by my own argument. I feel really, really, I feel even more anti-high street than I did before. I'm the same. I actually had to order some stuff online because it wasn't in the shop when I went there. And I've had the most disastrous week with returns and deliveries and everything that I never want to order online again. I'm pissed. Mm. Lou, do you have an opinion? I think there's a time and a place for both of them. I think high street shops, absolutely get them online. I couldn't think of anything worse than going into those sort of shops. But I think designer and the more concept stores absolutely has to be in store. And I think each brand almost just needs to think about their market. Like in New York, have you been to The Line, the apartment by The Line? So cool. Oh my God, it's absolutely amazing. And basically they have turned a warehouse apartment into a store basically. And you walk in and there's a beautiful lounge, living room, kitchen, walk-in wardrobe, bedroom, bathroom. And the idea is that everything in there you can buy. So it's basically a really incredible curated life essentially that you would go into and then the idea is that you would think oh, I want to be this person I want to live in this place and exactly and it's amazing just to kind of see how shopping has evolved into that mm-hmm. sort of thing and it's really kind of mm-hmm. getting into more of that lifestyle mm-hmm. element of it of it um, which I absolutely love when I went in that store I thought this is incredible. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be about the experience. Even yeah. when we were at Nasty Gal last week, they have this pop-up store on Conway Street, and it's not shoppable directly in store. They have like one of everything, and then they have iPads on the wall, and this is what they do in Reformation yeah. LA yeah. as well. They did and that can, in their London pop-up. Yeah, they yeah. did in their pop-up, exactly. And you, yeah, so you kind of try on whatever it is you want, and then if you want to go and buy it, you basically order it online on the iPad that's on yeah. the wall. And yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, yeah. The future of shopping is amazing when it comes down to trawling through your Zara. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I, I just cannot do it anymore. I was listening to a podcast actually at the weekend um, with a panel of retailers and actually they were saying the sort of lifetime of a store used to be sort of five years and actually they think going forward it's going to be more like three like you've got to innovate that quickly yeah. you can't say this store's going to do me for this long yeah. anymore because things are changing so much um, going back to kind of high street yeah I mean I, I'm with you I, I think the idea of it's so difficult the idea of spending a day in high street stores just sort of makes me want to come out and hide. Well, to be honest, if it I could go at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday, then maybe yeah. I would like it's it. But when so you work full time, yeah. 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 But I often get to the weekend and think, I could really go with doing a bit of shopping. Yeah. And then I honestly think, yeah. maybe I'm just at that age now. It's so stressful. Or I've got children, I want to spend time with them, and they're not killing each other. Um, but I actually think, oh, I just don't have the energy no, I agree. Yeah. to do it. But then I also think, I sat down at my laptop the other day, to do some shopping, and I put all this stuff in my basket, and I, and I just couldn't bring myself to yeah. check out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. Yeah. That also felt like yeah. such an effort. Like, you've really got to focus on that, mm-hmm. and you're kind of really aware that that might not fit, yeah. and is that the right? I don't know. 
I think a lot of it's how you're feeling at the time yeah, and like true. what the weather's like and who you're with. Like I love when I go to go on holiday or go to like New York or Paris, like I would always go into the shops and I love that whole process That's and true. looking at, you know, what everyone's wearing and that yeah. whole feeling is amazing. That's kind of really why I love shopping so much. But in London High Street. Just mm. awful. Yeah. awful. See, I know I did fight the case on the High Street, but I do think that the majority of shops, especially on Oxford Street, and especially when you work nine to five and have to go either after work or at the weekend, it's just an absolute nightmare. What I did learn, though, is the absolute worst way to go shopping is to order stuff online and pick it up in the store. Mm, that is the, worst. the absolute worst thing you could ever do. I got. Oh, to the, did I got, you go to Zara? I did. Yes. Oh, did like, you go to Zara and Oxford I actually was contemplating death. So then I had to queue to pick up my order. Then I had to queue to try on. And then I had to queue to take half of it back. And it was really stressful, and yeah. I'm never doing it again. I do think I do like when you can order loads of stuff to your home, mm. your office, try it on, mm. and then you've got. A, if you live near a store, that's quite easy. You take it back. Yeah. Or yeah. going really late at night. I mean, I haven't done it for a while. It's got to be said. But going to Westfield late, you yes, have I that agree. late night, and yeah. you can face getting in your car, going to the car park, yeah. and yeah. actually, you do. It's quite quiet mm -hmm. at that time of night. Yes, yeah. I've done that before, and yeah, I agree. I would rate that. Let's talk about Christmas ads. <laughs> Can I just say, has Christmas not started a lot earlier oh this my year? God, so early. I got an email from Les Forty this morning offering me 25 know me too. Pre-sale. I mean, hello, it's mm. not even December. It's not even nearly December. Yeah. Secondly, there are Christmas trees absolutely yeah. everywhere. I feel like it was literally Halloween and then the minute that yeah. was like, literally the next day they just switched all the time. Yeah. I'm actually not complaining because I do love Christmas yeah, and I actually really don't mind and I was like let's crack open an old wine this weekend <laughs> but it feels really I think early. It's, way too it's early. nearly December though. But there's still like six full working weeks yeah. until Christmas. Not that I'm counting. What's the date today? Like 20, it's 10 yeah. days. We are only two thirds of the way through November. Yeah. Yes. That is true. As well, 20 days ago it was October. Mm. I mean that's practically summer. It's very overwhelming. Anyway. At Christmas ads. What's yes. everyone's favourite Christmas ad? Whatever, or like this year. This year. I've only seen the John Lewis one and the Coca-Cola advert, which is, I think... What's the Coca-Cola one? Oh, what? like the Coca-Cola one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, which I think is really when Christmas begins. Actually, the Toys R Us one came on last night as well, and I said to my boyfriend, like, oh, they do just crack this one out. Like, yeah. Yeah. Is it the same yeah. one? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, it's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that even allowed? Yeah. Well, it's like Coca-Cola, isn't it? They're just like, this is cheaper. Is it? Yeah. Didn't they put some mm -hmm. CGI in that Coca-Cola one? They like Oh, they might have like spruced it up. Yeah, but it's the same. I very much. I had It's the music, I think. Well, the one that we always get the most excited about is the John Lewis ad. I couldn't believe how much it cost them to make that ad. How much was it? It's like know. four million. <gasps> they had like a ridiculous budget. It was crazy. Because they, they yeah. got the director from the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind to direct Casual. it. And it's just such He's a big deal, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, Mars, I quite like Mars. There's something yeah, about him. Sweet. He's sort of ugly cute, isn't he? Yeah. What's your favourite advert of all time, Christmas advert? It's got to be The Old Man. Really? Oh, oh that made me oh, cry. Oh, so depressing. That was sad. Oh, no, oh, I, I loved that. that. I, yeah. I loved it. That was, what was yours? Mine was, well, I think it was John Lewis, maybe like 2012, and it was the little boy who was really excited for Christmas, and you think it's because he wants to open his presents, but it's actually because he wants to give his parents Oh yeah, that presents. was cute. That, that gets was me, cute. Like, oh yeah, that sweet, that is sweet. Anyway, I actually think having seen Paddington at the M&S at its best, I think they're onto something there. Let's talk about affordable skincare. Does anyone have any winners? Tor wrote this great piece um, about some of the most affordable skincare products, which is always welcomed, if you ask me. What are your best affordable beauty buys? 
Rosie. So I actually bought one of the products recommended here after reading this and I've been trying it out. It's the Skin Active Oil Infused Micellar Cleansing Water by Garnier. I've used their cleansing water and I've used the Bioderma before and to be honest I've quite sensitized. I couldn't tell the difference between Bioderma and the Garnier one. Um, Garnier is a lot cheaper than Bioderma and this one has oil in. It's argan oil which is non-comedogenic which means it won't clog your pores um, and I have acne so I'm a bit scared about using oil. Used you it. Acne. Well maybe that's the wrong word. I have really easily spot prone skin and if I were to use something that my skin hated, I would have a face of acne in like a week. Really? Yeah, so I have to be really careful. This stuff is absolutely great. My skin feels really, really soft. I feel like it's helped heal some old scars from spots I've had. Really, I'm loving it so far. Mm. Yeah. So what do you do if you, if you suffer from bad skin, which is from where I'm sitting now, I would not be able to tell. What, how do you treat it in your old age? <laughs> I just have to be very, very careful about what I put on my face. Anytime I try a new product, I will have to read through all the ingredients, kind of Google everything to make sure it's nothing that's going to clog your pores. And then apart from that, I'm fine. There are loads of oils that don't clog your pores. So is that for you, the, is oil the biggest um, catalyst for bad skin? I guess, yeah. For an outbreak. Coconut oil, for example, is like a number five on the scale. So if I put that on my whole skin will break out. Oh, really? Or products that are too harsh as well. A lot of products designed for spot prone skin can be really harsh. They can strip your skin and then the kind of barrier gets damaged and then any bacteria that are on your skin will just make it so much worse. So no, don't ever use anything And do you have anything harsh. that you recommend, like if you get bad spots, that really fights it well? Um, Biologic Research, their P50, um, it's the absolute best thing I've ever put on my face. It's a acid toner. You can only buy it in Liberties, I think, and it's just genius. Really? Yeah. Mm, good to know. Lou, what about you? So I really struggle to spend a lot of money on skincare because I always think, depending on your face, it's going to be what, different. What mentally? You just yeah. Can't your head I just like it. when I read these things and it's like 180 pounds for a serum. I think, well, how am I? I'm not going to know if it works until I probably finish the bottle, and then it might not have. And I just. I can't get my head around it, basically. And I also think there's... you could be buying a white, pretty brown. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and I also think there is so much out there that I think a lot of it is probably very similar and it's just different packaging. Yeah. Um, so I really like all the Avene, Avene, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of that stuff. Um, their moisture mask, I think it's like £12 and literally I'll just put that on at night. The next morning I feel like I've got whole new skin. I oh, absolutely really? love it. Um, the Ordinary, I really like. And that's so affordable. Yeah, that's and I great. think when you see how affordable that is, I don't understand why some of these other brands are charging through the roof. Yeah, absolutely fan of the ordinary. Love it. Um, and E45, <laughs> I love. It's so uh, greasy though. But as a body moisturiser, I find that's the only thing that I would use okay. on my skin. Absolutely love it. Charlotte? Oh God, I have to say, I'm the total opposite. I d I'm not very good. I feel like if you really know what you're doing when it comes to beauty, then you kind of know what you're looking for on the cheap side, whereas I more tend to invest because I feel like, well, I don't really know, so at least it's going to be good quality. I wouldn't wear cheap makeup either. I'm scared to put something that I don't really know what it is on my face. I completely agree with you. I do not spend 180 pounds yeah. on serums, but I stick to like Clarins and Clinique's and those kind of brands that I just feel safe with as, as a non-consumer. Yeah. consumer. Fair enough. I really rate MS for skincare. I think there's some real substance behind their products. They're not as cheap as some, but they're sort of around the 20 quid mark, some of them. I think they're brilliant. And the other brand, that I'm a huge fan of is Aderma, which wasn't on this list, but they do some amazing products. You can buy them on Amazon, they're really cheap. There's an exfoliant, it's sort of green and white, and it's 12 quid, and it is the best moisturizer ever. And I think that's definitely worth a look. So it doesn't all have to be expensive. <laughs> on the subject of beauty, let's talk about mobile health and beauty services. Because there is now a whole host of at-home services on offer for time-poor Londoners. Um, and I was really fascinated to see 
some of these things. I mean, you can now have Botox at home. You can have a vitamin IV drip. Love that. And you're really hungover, mm-hmm. you can't get out of bed. <laughs> You know, dental hygienist? Yeah. Test. I, I cannot believe you have a smear test. I just it's a kit. But it's a kit. Yeah, I saw it as well and I was like, no way. And then if you look, it's like it's like something you can order and do it yourself. Oh, fine. Yeah, it's, not, it's yeah. 95 quid, the gyne check home yeah. test. But if you're somebody, and there are women, we've talked about smear tests. And if you ask me, you've got to man the hell up and go and yeah, have I one. Um, because just you wait till you have a child. Um, but there are some people who really are absolutely terrified of that kind of thing. And you've got to have that kind of thing checked. So if you are that person and can justify 95 quid, personally, I'd rather go to my GP and have it for free. But I think it's really interesting that you Mm -hmm. can do that. Anyway, obviously, all the usual things like massages, PT sessions, blood tests. The point is, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you know, yes, Botox, all those things, smear tests. But I mean, it's going to be fascinating, I think, how the whole GP system changes and how much is yeah. going to be done virtually mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how much more cost effective that's going to be. Because the there NHS. are so many and things. I think it's really interesting. There are so many things you don't need to see a doctor for. Yeah. So oh, many that things. You could just need a prescription. I, you need them uh, to yeah. sign off on something. And, and I, I often actually only call, I actually often call now my GP and I say, can I get a doctor to call me? And actually I find yeah. it's very rare. If it's a child, they're a bit more cautious and they say, can you bring them in? But so often now, they'll just do it over the phone and that's just so much more It makes so much more so. sense. Because who can take a morning off work? Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Really Changing topic, I wanted to talk about the interior design exhibition you don't want to miss. I'm actually going, but I feel like by the time I go, it's going to be nearly finished. <laughs> so for anyone listening, um, hopefully this will come in use because there is an interior design exhibition called Holiday House, which is essentially two huge North London houses, which have been developed by a property developer. Um, but he has cleverly got, they are for sale for a vast amount of money, but um, he has cleverly got 28 interior designers to design a room each in the house. And you can book a ticket, go along, and the ticket prices go to charity. It's a really proven concept in the States, but it sort of ticks lots of boxes, and it's for charity. It's great exposure for all these interior designers, and it's a really nice day out. And hopefully he will sell these houses because everyone's talking about them. But I think it's brilliant. Mm. I think it's really cool. My only concern as a buyer of the house, not as somebody just going to look at it, would be surely every room is going to look yeah. really different. Like, if you hire an interior designer, it's because you want some kind of you know theme or uniformity. Yeah. And I can imagine these people having completely different I think styles. the idea is that they can... We were talking to Turner Pocock. Mm-hmm. Um, they were at one of our events recently, and we love their interior design. But it's, you're so right, it's Turner Pocock, who's... Um, style is quite eclectic and colourful and then there's Sophie Patterson doing mm-hmm. they've, they've done a bedroom yeah. and then there's Sophie Patterson doing the kitchen and she's quite sort of yeah. sophisticated sort of, yeah, and, and pale and calm, calm yeah. And, yeah quite a soft colour palette mm-hmm. so she's done the kitchen but I think um, Bunny from Turner Pickup was saying that um, they will put everything back but equally if you want to buy bits okay. Okay. certain okay. bits you can and actually the structure so all the floors were wooden yeah. okay, the covered doors and the wardrobes were there they covered them and they changed the handles okay. Okay. but I think it, it can go I think it would be so interesting you were looking to sort of do something to your house or you're looking to buy somewhere new and get that inspiration and think oh okay I really like this part of this room and that part of that yeah, room you need to go I know I know I need to get some tips Sorry. yeah you do I, I don't know I'm going with a friend and we're going to go for lunch and we're both going to take the day off work and oh, it'd be so good. Girl, and I just think so cool. Just, I mean, I've seen quite a lot of pictures on Instagram. I've had to stop myself looking at the hashtag holiday yeah. house because it's, there's a lot on there. But I love that Sophie Patterson in this week's episode of Sherlock's Live. So, um, you know, some of the team went to film her house, and she was telling them 
that she's well, she's a real control freak, with, as you would be if you're an interior designer, and she likes all her cushions sort of perfectly plumped and her throws in exactly the right place. And she's like, she's seeing all these pictures on Instagram and her cushions are slightly <laughs> out of place. And she's like, oh, oh my God, I'm just getting a tick because <laughs> my cushions aren't in place. Well, I think it's really cool you can actually shop it. I mean, maybe not when you're actually there, but all of the furniture and the decorations that are in the rooms, they're from brands that you can actually buy. So if you like a sofa, you can go and buy it from right? a brand. Cool. Yeah, nice. so cool. it's kind of better than looking on Pinterest at all these rooms and trying to find the stuff yourself. If you really fall in love with something, or if you fall in love with a certain paint colour, you can find out exactly what paint colour it is, which is good. One of my favourite rooms that I've seen is the girl, it's like a teenage girl's bedroom, and it's bright pink, sort of bright pink velvet studded headboard oh my God. with lots of gold and sort of fluffy sheepskin, and it's just like every, oh, every dream. girl's dream. Let's talk about quirky ways to celebrate a milestone birthday because you know whether it's your 21st your 30th your 50th your 60th you kind of want to do something that you're going to remember and I thought this was a really inspiring piece there are a few things I've kind of got on my radar that I said to you to sort of put in here anyway I thought this was a really inspiring piece my it's my husband's big birthday next year I'm now thinking we might take a tattoo artist to Ibiza with us <laughs> I think that was my favorite one when Kate Moss had her Glastonbury theme 40th and she had this big field, and in the field there was one tent. I think it was a caravan. I thought tent. that was our idea. So it was, oh, really? <laughs> I'm sure I suggested it. I didn't realise. Oh, you must have heard it somewhere. Yeah, she yeah. Yeah. So she had a caravan in this field where all of her friends were going. There was a tattoo artist in there, giving everyone matching tattoos. Nothing. So cool. I basically wanted tattoos. So I think I'm just going to get on along and take everyone down. <laughs> so when I'm like 65, really regretting yeah. that there are 25 other You're people. You're all in the same boat. I've got a big birthday coming up in January, and I want to get a tattoo for that. So, so yeah. What else was there on here? I loved the I loved the meat in Margate. I love the idea that you can just do something really fun and memorable and it doesn't have to be really mm, expensive. No. I like the idea that you just get everyone to meet at the station and give them all a train ticket and you'll go somewhere and have a picnic on the beach or I don't know, I just don't think it has to be the yeah. I love the idea of the house party as well, like the grown-up version of that, because there's so many fun, like different catering styles you can yeah. have these days, or like cool pop-up bars, and like again, it doesn't have to cost the earth, but there are so many fun ways to yeah. like bring the party to you. Yeah, I actually went to a really fun 40th a couple of weeks ago, and they did play it down. It was really cool, but they had um, a marquee. Oh, I mean, it's a London. It's not a massive garden, but they had um, a marquee attached to the back of the house which they tented, it was kind of navy blue with like sparkly oh, wow. lights in the ceiling. And then they had um, a, a couple of barmen making awesome cocktails. And then they had a sort of sushi bar, I guess, in the middle of their kitchen with three Japanese chefs making sushi all night, which was really cool because you could just help yourself all night. It was really theatrical, so it really yeah. added to the party. That's amazing. And you didn't need lots of waiting staff as yeah. well, so you just had the chefs and everyone went up and helped themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really, really good party. And what were the other good things? Plan a scavenger hunt. We've done that for our Christmas party before. It's quite fun. None of us were here, but yes, oh, we no. have all heard about the legendary scavenger hunt Christmas party. Well, you're probably being facetious, but actually... No, I mean it. I have. They all talk, <laughs> trust me, they all talk about it a lot. It is actually really fun, and you can buy... There's a website called Treasure Days, and for 35 quid you can buy, you download a PDF of different areas of London. So we did one in Chelsea and one in the city, and it's got the route that you take, pubs that you stop off on the way, things you have to collect on the way. You have to get a business card with oh, like yeah. SW6 in the thing, you have to get. And then there are funny things like collect a bit of blue ribbon or have a photo taken with a supermodel, so we thought we were clever because we found a big ad. And Anyway, it's, it's really fun. <laughs> my team gets quite competitive. It's competitive. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, my team won both years. Um, and you will meet in the pub afterwards and do a big yeah, oh, fun. score. It's really fun. fun. Um, and so cheap. And what else was there? God, go on the Orient Express. I think it's just the 
really making me want to do it. Mm. I yes. would love to do that. Mm. No. Not when they go to Victoria. Yeah. There's like always the... Victoria. Yeah, because I go to Frame that. and you have to go past that to go through it. And on, I think it was on Friday, um, I saw them all getting ready and they were all really dressed up and like, clinking their champagne oh and stuff. What, so you really actually get dressed up? Yeah, yeah. Really dressed yeah up. you can I wear like 20s. Yeah. No, I don't mm. think it's tall. I think what, it's a fancy dress? Yeah. 20s? Yeah, but sort of flapper. I yeah. think that's quite cool. Everyone, it's not for me. But okay, each to their own. You just stick to your... What would you do for a big birthday? Lou, would you have a big party? No, I don't like being centre attention. I find it really awkward. So I'm going on late for my big birthday. Let's finish on fast food because um, we all know that opting for fast food shouldn't be a daily occurrence. But when we do, if we do, it could pay to avoid certain items on the menu. So there were some pretty shocking things on mm -hmm. this list. Um, so this was inspired after it was in all the Did headlines. you write this? I wrote this after seeing there were so many headlines about how multiple ex-McDonald's employees had claimed that the fillet of fish burgers were left sitting around for hours and hours, mm. unless you made one quick to order, which but is what, But gross. why only the fillet of fish? Because it's no one wants to. Because you're less likely to get it, yeah, right? right. Yeah. Who's going to order a fillet of fish? Me. No. <laughs> Until I read this piece. No. Um, I think it's because they're less common, so they'll kind of make a few when one person orders one, and then they'll get left sitting around. But the thing that shocked me the most out of all of this is the ice. So yes. the Daily Mail or Mail on Day went round yeah. and they tested the self-serve drinks machines with the ice at Nando's, Burger King, McDonald's, KFC, and all of those places were found to have ice with bacteria levels, not only over the health and safety guidelines, but more than in their toilet. Yeah. I mean, in that, that is the same it's the worst I cannot get my head around that. Because that's also, that's like, why I would not go to Nando's. No, but yeah. so, yeah, that's the thing, I would like, I look at this list, I'm like, McDonald's, no, KFC, no, but like, when I was at uni, I, I used to get ice drinks at Nando's all the time. That's no, like dinner no. out. I see, I like McDonald's. Mm. I, I really like McDonald's. I've but I've never eaten a fish. Yes, I drank yeah. ice from McDonald's though, loads of times. Yeah. And then do you think like if you were fine then? Like, oh yeah, like it's all resistant. Yeah. Thing. Could you explain to me the Starbucks secret menu? What is a Starbucks yeah. secret menu? So you know like BuzzFeed roundabouts where they tell you about like, you know, those like all these kind of like things that you should know, right? So there's been loads of those right, about like Starbucks drinks that don't exist like on the menu, but if you but you can kind of discover them on BuzzFeed or wherever and then you order them and then they'll make them for you. So they're and they're supposed to be really cool. So things like what do they say here? Snickerdoodle and Nutella Frappuccino. And they're like, you know, super hyped versions of their existing drinks. But this was saying you shouldn't actually order them because, like, because they're not like regulated basically by Starbucks. So you're just getting whatever the guy behind the counter so makes. So the guy for you. in Starbucks basically have people come in and be like, I want to order the Nutella Frappuccino, but it's like it doesn't exist and they're like, no. I know it exists, I've read it exists, and he's like, I literally have no idea what to do, so people were going to make it up, and they yeah. just, a lot oh, of the time, okay. I think in England, they'll look at you like you're a crazy person, and just don't I do watched it. Um, a video on the weekend, and it was Jamie Oliver with all these little kids, and they were talking about chicken nuggets, and basically he showed them how they made chicken nuggets, and it was like, skin, bones, offcuts, yeah. which they put into a blitzer, blitz it all up, and then he like, puts breadcrumbs on it and fries it, and then he goes to all the children, um, how many of you would still eat this? All of them put their mm. hand up. It's disgusting. It's so disgusting. What is that? It's so disgusting. It's from his show like a while ago. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, I remember that. It was like when he was first trying to do the food. Oh revolution. my god! So and literally, his face is just like. Oh, oh <laughs> that's the what is that you just yeah. Shush on. Yeah, that's nice. The other things on this list were tacos at Chipotle because apparently you get half less than the regular portions. That makes sense. Um, bacon cheeseburgers at Five Guys, and the last one was the gravy oh. at KFC. Apparently it's made from the revolting oil that stores up at the bottom of the cookers so over the day and then it's served to their customers. Too. One of my friends loves KFC gravy so much she calls KFC KFG because the G stands for gravy. <laughs> and apparently 
They're really proud of their gravy. Oh, so, they are. Nice. I won't be going to KFC. So that's it for this week. If you have any feedback, then do email podcast at sherlux.com. And if you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.